Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was a house of lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, for the baby to be delivered. Now, if you look at just the history and the picture of where they lived and where they were from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that's, that's about 80 miles. That would be like us jumping on a donkey or, or you know, holding, you know, the, the, the reins of a donkey and, and carrying our eight month plus, almost nine months ready to deliver wife on that donkey from Phoenix to Roosevelt Lake. Anybody know, you know, Roosevelt Lake is, it's, it's pretty far from here, 80 miles. Now we're not talking about roadway. We're not talking about a nice smooth path. We're talking about right now going right through that desert, straight to Roosevelt Lake, going up hills, valleys, everything else. Now, can you imagine that? Now, I know Joseph had character, but right, I see Mary with mega character because the moment I jumped on that donkey and we hit the first bump, I'd say, we're staying in Nazareth. Who do you think you are? I'm about ready to deliver and you're taking me on this long journey? Ladies, come on, give me some sugar right now. Wouldn't that be true? So we see Joseph taking Mary and she's about to bring forth her firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. Prototakas, Prototakas. Sounds like an Indian name. Prototakas. What that is literally means is firstborn of others. We look at this language and we create religious ideology instead of looking at what does the language state. And what the language states is, is he was firstborn of other children. And we know scripturally that Mary had four sons and two daughters. They say sister, you know, sisters. So at least two, all right, plural, right? Not sister, but sisters. So at least we know four because we know James and Jude wrote scripture and they were the brothers of Jesus. Are you guys getting me? I just want to clear that up because religion has lied to a lot of people. And said that, no, Mary, Mary only had Jesus and no other kids and blah, blah. That's religious lies. It's not even tied what scripture teaches. What we need to know is we need to know the truth. Otherwise, one lie leads you to more lies. Everybody understand that? We need the right ideology. And it's important to know that just because of what scripture teaches and how it teaches. That family relationship the dynamics of it. I mean, it, it, it's pretty awesome of what you see with Jesus and his family. I mean, there was respect, there was honor, there was love. There, were, there, was, there was Mary in her, her position of being, 
you know, the, the, the woman chosen by God to deliver Jesus, in, God into this earth. And, and that is a position where all will call you blessed. Of course they will. That's a powerful position. But it, she's not a saint. She's Mary, the mother. She's not God's mo- wife. You guys see what I'm saying? Well, you guys are looking scary at me. This is not mass. This is Love Life Church. You got that? All right. I know I'm blowing some ideology. Maybe I'm shaking some of your ideology. We'll get it out because it's wrong. All right. The point is, is we want the truth. Because if you rely on, you live a lie, you, you don't open up your life for truth. There, no matter what, you're going to hear something and go, wow, I didn't see it that way. It, it happens to me all the time. Not that I'm believing some so, so uh, a doctrine that's so wrong. It's, it's an understanding of something where I go, wow. I'm going to have to change a little bit on this understanding now. And that's what we all need to do. It's a cool place to be. I love it because I'm not perfect. And I'm going to keep pressing. And I'm not going to stop. And I know that I can read a scripture a, a, a hundred, a thousand times. But there's going to be one day that scripture, not that it changes meaning, there's going to be an instruction in that that is going to impact us. It's going to impact me. And it's, that's what makes it a living word. And it's beautiful. Amen. So here we have, it, it, she brought forth her firstborn, firstborn son, first of other children, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was what? No room for them. Because there was what? Because there was what? No, it must be wrong because they were poor and they couldn't afford a room. Oh, but that's what most people believe. Why? False teaching. Again, there was no room. In other words, he had the cash to get a room, but there was no room. You ever been to a place where you needed to find a hotel and it said no vacancy? Well, it's not because you didn't have money. They don't have room. Amen. So you can't go, I'm so poor. I went to the hotel and they said they have no room. I'm so poor. That's what religion does. It's such a lie. Such a lie. So quit looking at Mary and Joseph at these poor, poor people. They weren't poor. Joseph was successful. You think God's going to go, I'll take Joseph. He's a loser. Successful. He was a master carpenter. Remember the teaching last week? He wasn't a carpenter, quote, the way we would think, I swung hammers for a living. He was a master craftsman. That means he's at the highest level of his trade. He's making bank. He's got money. He's got money. How's he going to Egypt? How's he, I mean, how, not Egypt, but how's he get to a place where the Magi come? And we already know that's not three, so don't pull the three card. All right, three gifts were given, but that doesn't say three people. Historically, it's not three. But if you want to believe it's three, who cares? It's three. It really doesn't bother me. I don't care. Believe in three. Just don't put them at the manger. Have them at the house. See, there's another issue. We got another lie, another, another false truth. How many do we have? And then we're sitting there going, I'm going to live for Jesus. What, and all those lies? How can you? And I've been there. And it's so frustrating. 
It's so weird to believe this, a belief, a belief, a belief, and all of a sudden you realize this isn't true. My ideas about God are wrong. My introduction to grace was not simple because when I came into this faith, I was introduced the way the, belief, the people that were feeding me believed. And it was not about grace. It was about spiritualism and works. If you didn't pray enough, you're going to get in trouble. If you didn't read enough, you're going to get in trouble. And, and if, you're, if something happens to you, it's because you're screwing up and God's not happy with you. And it just went on and on and on and on. But my heart was, I'm going to do whatever you want, God. And because of that heart of keeping a, a position of, I only want to do what you want. So I could go through all the goofiness and get to the place of grace, get to the place of what scripture teaches. But what we see is we see the Magi going to the house. It said the home, the home where Jesus was. It was under two, not over two, but under two. So Joseph bought a house. This is a picture of God. This is a picture of who God is. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus came to declare, this is who God is. This is who God is. Not your ideology, not your concepts. Let me show you. I want to show you my Father. I want to show you who he is. And what did he do? He came to set us free. He came to deliver us. He came to do all these things. For what purpose? Because this is God's heart. It's always been his heart. God being God, hanging out with Adam and Eve and ultimately the human race. But it didn't work out that way. So Jesus came to fix that. He came to fix it so that we can get back to hanging out. And I love, I love it. I hang out with the Father. I hang out with God. I hang out. Because of Jesus, I do. And so do you. But now it's got to become more real than you ever, you've ever had before. Because if it doesn't, I'm telling you, the world's going to take you. This stuff will pull you out and pull you in. And you're going to be on the outskirts, looking inside, wishing that you could get back or that you could be in that position. And that's what the devil does all the time. Instead of you realizing, oh, bad decision, I'm turning around and doing the right thing. We don't do that. We allow ourselves to be continued to pull away. But we have to have the truth because only the truth can set you free. Only truth. And people that have religious ideologies and lies, they can't stand the truth. Look at the Bible. It's constantly filled with religion attacking truth. What I've come to, come to find out in my life, this journey is, is I've seen many times where I was fighting for the right to be dumb. Anybody been there before besides me? I mean, literally fight for the right to be dumb. And the Bible's showing that you're wrong and you're sitting there going, no. What is that? It, it's not good. In the natural, I would never be that way. All of a sudden, they go church, and all of a sudden, you turn into someone that you never were in the beginning. When I, in, in the natural life, I played, I played sports since I was a little kid, all the way up into college and past college. 
And in that, I recognize that you, you constantly learn, you constantly grow, you, const- you have to understand the, the importance of team. You, you learn from coaches and you go to different levels and you level up in that information. And I get it. And I'm like, I never said, my little league coach told me this. And I'm in high school now. He taught me this. What? That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, in the natural, we think right. But all of a sudden we come churchy and we don't think with wisdom. We throw away common sense and become super spiritual. In other words, become ignorant of what truth is. But I want to live this truth. So I'm going to keep changing. Amen. I'm going to keep moving toward these good things. So here he is in swaddling clothes in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. They had the money to go. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field. Now, excuse me, but we got this cute little story of Jesus being born, dressed in swaddling clothes, and then all of a sudden, there's shepherds out in the field. That's weird to me. But what it is, again, it's revealing something. It's revealing something. There are shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Uh, no duh. Y'all know we're talking Bible times, right? There's no street lights. You ever been out in the, in, in the mountains? But you know how that felt? Here they are in the middle of that darkness. But what else are they? They're shepherds. Then what are they doing? They're making sure no animals come in. So they're already on guard. They're not, they're not like, what, what is that? That wolf will kill them. So they're this way, and all of a sudden, light shines, and an angel appears. Gabriel, by the way. Because Gabriel's the one who does these things. If you look at scripture, Gabriel's the announcer. He's like, if you look at God using Gabriel, it's like Gabriel, God looks at Daniel's like going, I can't figure this out. And God goes, Gabriel, go tell him. Go tell him what it means. Mary is going to have my child. Gabriel, go tell her. So Gabriel's the one, he's always doing this, you know, announcement and revelation and all this. So he now goes to, the shepherds. And the shepherds are like totally freaking out, but they're also in a place of, where are you going to run? What are you going to do? It's just like light, angel, you're like going, ah, ah, and that's what's going on right now. They are, so right away, Gabriel, the angel goes like this. Don't fear. God is always, always going to make that statement to you guys. Peter's sinking in the water, literally about to drown. And Jesus does what? That's what you deserve. You should have watched me the whole time, you loser. You know, I'm just saying what most Christians believe. But what did he do? He protect them first. Protect them first. He picks them up, protects them first. Then he says, Peter, buddy, you got to work on that faith, man. But he didn't leave them there, which religion teaches. 
because that's what matures you to be drowning. That's what matures you to get in a car wreck. That's what matures you to be sick and diseased. Lies! Just religious lies. But so many people have been spoon-fed these lies, and so they got a different image of God. I want you to have a correct image. I want you to have the real image. The image that, said, that Jesus said, hey, look at me. If you see me, you see the Father. And by the way, haven't I continued to say what I say, what I do? It's not me. It's the Father. The way I act, it's not me. It's the Father. He says it over and over and over. It's time for us to start believing Jesus. Amen. Let's start believing them. Let's don't believe the liars. Let's don't believe religion. Let's don't believe denominational you know, instruction. Let's believe what God's word says. Get straight to the picture of what did Jesus show us? You don't know what he showed us? He's a little baby wrapped in a feed trough. And the first thing the angels do, instead of going, Mary, tough time, yeah, you want, let me put some angel touch on you to help you right now because, man, that labor was a little rough, wasn't it? Joseph's like freaking out. You know, that's his first kid. He wasn't, it wasn't his kid. And he's like going, hey, you know, what do we do now? You know, I've never been here before. And this is all going on. And this isn't like, away in the manger. No. And all silent. It's so perfect. It stinks, it's messy. The point is, is this isn't quit the lie up here and let's look at reality. Why, is, why am I doing this? Because I'm teaching a story that's true and it has relevance for my day right now and Monday. Complete relevance. Because here God is doing something that's totally opposite what I would do, what we would do. We'd make it simple for ourselves. He goes in to do what? I want to show them exactly how I feel about them. Pretty powerful if you ask me. And all of a sudden, here we have this picture where the angels literally could really help them out right now. But what do they do? They go to shepherds, guys that are out in the field watching what? Sheep. Now, let me ask you something. What in the world is that message in there for? Well, let's go on and see. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid, for behold. In other words, whoa, watch, listen to this. When they say behold, it's like going, oh, I got something good right now. All right? It's not beholdeth. That's not the language. Again, I don't want you to be led astray. I want you to hear the angel go, don't fear, guys. I got some good news right now. All right? Y'all with me on this? Because it gets you now where there's shepherds. If, if the angel pops that light, I'm out in the middle of the wilderness, and I'm scared. I'm in great fear. And he says, don't fear. I'm certainly not going to go, okay. Right? We're not doing that. Let's use our heads. These are not religiously trained, uh, uh, doctorate sound men out in the field. These are shepherds. No one likes them. They're unclean and they're outcasts. That's a shepherd. 
They are around nasty all the time. They touch dead things. They can't even go to the temple. They cannot be ceremonial cleaned by religion. No one wants to be around them. The Bible even shows in the Old Testament, the Egyptians hated shepherds. And they're not even tied to a law about them. They just said, they're nasty people. And so the angels go to the nasty of nasty, the unclean of unclean, the people that are low in society but are important to religion. <gasps> what? Well, it's Passover. And literally thousands of unblemished sheep are going to be sacrificed. Who's going to take care of these sheep? Who's going to watch over these sheep? The shepherds. So why are the shepherds there? Because these shepherds are shepherds that are taking care of sheep that are going to be used for sacrifices. Not all of them, only the unblemished ones. Oh, but wait a minute. There's a specific thing that shepherds do with unblemished sheep. They wrap them in swaddling clothes. You thought it was something that they bought at Jerusalem Walmart. It wasn't. They were strips of cloth that they would use that once they got that firstborn, that sheep come out, that lamb would come out. They'd check it. They'd wrap that lamb so that it wouldn't hurt itself, so that the priest could inspect it even more. But they'd wrap it in swaddling clothes so it couldn't hurt itself, couldn't damage itself. Then they'd take that sheep, take it toward the, 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 the priest to be able to priest to get the sheep and to make sure that it was blemish free swaddling sacrificial lambs. Why did he go to the shepherds? Because, listen to this. The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great. Everybody say great. Of great joy. That's where we get the word mega. It's a Greek word megas. That means, he says, I bring you tidings is where we get the word evangelist. But it's words that mean I'm giving you a gospel, a message straight to you. This is information for you from God. And it's good news. And so he says, I'm giving you an evangelistic message of the gospel. And it's great, great news. Have great joy in this information. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to your brothers, the Jews. No. To all people. He goes to the shepherds that religion can't stand, and they see their lives as we can never have a connection with God you or how many of us have been that place where we feel I can't have a connection with God? How many times we believe that we're an outcast? How many times have we believe that we're so unclean because of the life we've lived or the things we've done? And let me put it to you in this manner. The things you've done, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, the things you've done over and over. You've cried out and you've wanted change, you wanted fix, but now nah, you keep screwing up. But see, religion would have cast you out. 
But God doesn't operate that way. Does he want you to be in this position? No, not at all. Does he want your life to keep in that revolving door of a mess? No, not at all. But I can tell you right now, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace has to completely abound more than sin or we can never, ever, ever have change. Never. If we get to sin where grace can't abound, Jesus couldn't even help us. Is that scary? Yeah, exactly right. But we don't want to see it that way. We want to play the sin game. We want to play the you've done it too many times game. Now I'm going to do the grace game. I'm going to go. I'll just do the grace game where if I sin, 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 grace is going to keep going forward in front of me. Now you might be thinking, well, then you're just going to keep doing. I've always just kept doing. Everybody sins because of your own will. Well, you're going to make them excuse to sin. No one needs an excuse to sin. You all sin because you want to. You don't need no excuse. Well, you're making it easier. No, not everybody's done their sin easily. It's not difficult. It's difficult to do good, not bad. Are you guys, anybody listening to me? So this religious, you know, mumbo jumbo process is ridiculous. Grace teaches, that's what the Bible says. In other words, I've got closer to Jesus because of grace, not further from him. You kidding me? I know my walk. I know my walk. And there are a whole lot of times I don't want to tell you about it. Just like you don't want to tell me about your walk. We just want to say the good things. But I do know this. The deeper I get into the grace, the closer I am with God. Why? Because I'm quicker to turn. I'm quicker to get on back on that horse. I'm, that's for the production coming Sunday. I'm quicker to get on that thing. I'm quicker to get involved. Why? Because I'm not carrying, I'm not going to carry guilt and condemnation. What religion would love you to, but God said, there's therefore no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. What am I wanting to do? I'm wanting to get you off it. But I've done it six times. When you hit 70 times seven, then we'll talk about it. But even then, Jesus was saying, we keep going. So there isn't this, this position of you cross the line and you are a failure. The devil, with all his heart, he didn't have one. But the devil, with all his heart, wants you to believe that. There's no more hope for you. I'm here to tell you he's a stinking, filthy liar. And he can't speak truth. So nothing he says, nothing, 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 nothing. Let's look at this. He says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. What? A sign to you? Okay, this is going to be important. Here, here's a sign. This is something you need to pay attention to. This is going to help us solve the puzzle. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that this has to be something special, Right? Because it was every day, everybody's wrapping their babies in that type of cloth. Then it's not a sign because everywhere you go, there's going to be a baby wrapped in that cloth. There are more babies in Bethlehem. You all know that, right? 
right? So, I mean, he's not the only baby there. Otherwise, it would be easy to find and kill Jesus. But there are babies everywhere, hundreds, thousands of babies. And so here, here the shepherds are going, swaddling clothes, we know what that is. We know what they, they're for, and we know what it looks like. And it's one that's in a, in a trough. We know that because we've been around, we're around them all the time. So what does that mean? They know where to look. And the Bible says you will find the baby. It didn't say it's an automatic. The word in the Greek language literally means to search out, to discover. So what the angel is telling him is, is you're going to go out. You're going to search and discover where he is. And once you find him, the way you're going to know, the, the key, the key to know is exactly what you guys do for a sacrificial lamb. Because the truth is, that is the lamb for the slaughter. The beginning of the birth of Jesus is a picture of what John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God who will be slain. The lamb of God. Behold, the lamb of God. These guys were very understanding of what wrapping a lamb for sacrifice. So they went looking for something they know about. And this will be a sign to you. Find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Are you guys with me? And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward Jews only. Man, we got to get this fixed then because I thought it was all about them. For God so loved the Jews that the world, Jew, Greek, clean, unclean, color, it don't matter. The world, anybody born on this earth, God loves. Are you guys getting that? And what's the good news for? All, all, all. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has come to pass. Listen how they're talking and pay attention. Let's see if this really happened. No, no. The angel spoke to them and they didn't go, let's see if the angel is correct. No. They now say this. Let's see what the Lord, let's, let's go see what the Lord has done. It's not if, it's not maybe. Let's go see. Shepherds, again, they don't get to go to church. They don't get to hang with the believers. You guys hear me. They are ingrained in their heads that they will never be clean to be ceremonial 
put in a clean position for God. They've been told you never, ever, never. And God says, you're going to be number one evangelist right now. The angels leave. And what now happens? The shepherds that are outcasts, unclean, become the evangelists for Jesus. Is that amazing? Oh, God can't use me. He's using the stinking shepherds. They can't even go to church, and you're in church. Oh, yes, he can use you. And I know you see yourself unclean. We've all been there. We've all been in a place like that. What do we do? Unclean yourself. How? The only way I know is by the washing of the water of truth. Not religion, not doctrine, the washing of the water of truth. It'll clean you up. It will clean you up. Man, you will be clean as clean be. You'll be squeaky clean. All right? Whatever that means. Let's move on. And so they said, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now, now look at this. Let's go to Bethlehem, see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. That wasn't the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? Look, how do you get to the place of you're watching your sheep, you're minding your own business, no one likes you, you can't go to church, and then all of a sudden you got God, I mean, you got the angel Gabriel standing before you, a host of angels going, Jesus, that's great, you know? And then here they are going, it's all fallen on them, but look what's happened. This one, this encounter with God gets them to become these master evangelists that are like going, God said it, it's done. Oh, are you kidding me? If there was one Pharisee there, he would have said, you didn't hear God, you're unclean. You can't, you're not good enough. You're nasty, dirty, no good. One would have robbed them of the ability to be used by God at this moment of the birth of God on earth. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Is this cool or not? I'm feeling it. So, so look at this. This is so cool. And they came with haste. Everybody say haste. They came with zeal, with, with a diligence. God told us, let's go find them. Let's go. They didn't hang around going, well, you know what? Was it, could, was it really an angel? I don't know, man. I, I just, we're not ever, never allowed to do anything for God. How can we be going looking for this this Messiah now. Yeah, they could have rationalized everything. And that's what we do, don't we? Aren't we good at that? How do we do that? We let our past live. Yeah, we let our past live. Paul said, for me to do what I do, which is pretty much like an impossible task, he says, I got to let go of the past. I got to let it go. There's a lot of, there's just people in here, you're bound because you just can't let it go. What someone's done to you, what someone said or whatever, just let it go. I'm not telling you you got to go marry them or be best friends. I'm just saying, let it go. Don't just let it go. Move on. 
Be free, be free, little birdie. Be free, amen? I'll help you be free, just be committed. I'll, just, I'll keep pumping this stuff in you. I'll get you free, I guarantee you that. Because I'm gonna teach the word and the word of God sets people free because we're gonna hear it and do it, amen? Amen. We're gonna hear it and do it. So it, it says, and they came with haste and found, there it is, there's a search to discover, they discovered and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying, babe is, is he's just, he's just, he's brand new. It's, you know, this is a new baby. This is a brand new baby. The babe was what? Lying in a manger, just what they were told to look for. Look for these clues. Look for the clues. They went around. All of a sudden they heard, <laughs> and they went and go, nope, that's not it. No swaddling clothes, not in a manger. <laughs> you think this ain't true? It's 100% true. Why do they have to find? Why have they discover? It should be very simple. Just go there, turn right. There he is. But it's not. This is reality, people. There are times when God says, do this. You got to do some discovering. You got to do some searching. You're going to have to go, all right, come on. It's I, I got what the Word of God says. The Word of God says this. That ain't it. But a lot of us are going, wow, it's close enough. Oh, this is good teaching. It's close enough. No. What did the Bible say? What did the word say? Don't be tricked. The devil's going, come on. Come on. This is good enough. Why are you trying to settle for the best? This is good enough. No, it isn't. This is a word for many of you in here. You got to start talking to yourself. And you got to start building up that identity. And the only way you're going to do it is start talking to yourself correctly. The only way I know of what I would consider as correct is have higher information that you have. He's got higher information. So what I have done, and I've done this for years and years, and I've done it every day. Every day, for years. I communicate and say it every single day of my life as, as a follower of Jesus. And I speak into my life every day pretty much the same stuff. I'm called of God. I'm going to be used to you today. You're happy with me. You're well pleased with me. I want to do your will. I want to walk your walk. I want, I want doors to open. I just talk to them. But you know what else I do? And I've told you guys this. I'm not lying. I say it over your lives as well. Are you guys with me? Yes. All right, that was a freebie. Let's move on. And after they saw this, look at what happens. Now, when they had seen him, they went out and made widely known. Everybody say widely known. They made widely known the saying which was told concerning the child. And all those heard were marveled. They marveled. They are greatly amazed. What did they do? You know, it's interesting to see. Did you know that that was the first time angels evangelized and the last time? You will not see angels evangelizing about Jesus. That one time, and that time alone, and then it was given to shepherds and people from that point on. 
It's us. Angels aren't going to come. You'll never have an angel going, believe in Jesus. You need, but you'll never have it. If you do, it's not from God. They're going to be, you're going to get tricked. I'm telling you right now, angels do not, they do not evangelize about Jesus. From scripture, from the point of that statement to the shepherds, it's people now giving the word to people. Isn't that awesome? Had to start though, right? It started with shepherds, us. We're a bunch of shepherds. Amen? We're not high and mighty. I want to be the lowly. God says he does great things in the lowly ones. We don't use the word lowly, but I like it. Sounds bad. I'm one of the bad boys for Jesus. I'm lowly. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? God is so good. So good. And so what happens? They start doing what? Preaching what they feel, their opinions. These are shepherds. Even they were smart enough not to get off the word. You know why we do it? Because we want people to believe we're spiritual. So instead of just saying, keep to the word, we now need to throw in, well, let me explain the deepness of that word. Because I'm spiritual. Stop it. Just get to the truth. What does it mean? This is what it means. It's not more, there's no more weirdness in it. This is what it means. That's it. It's like the scripture says. But people talking to usually men that you don't want to work. And the word says, you don't work, you don't eat. Simple, simple. You don't work, you don't eat. There's no deep revelation in that. God's saying, get a stinking job and you can get some food on your table. Quit sitting around the house, not working. I love the Bible. It's just got so much good stuff in there. For that person that doesn't have a job, that was for you right now. <laughs> Or it was a lucky guess. Either way, let's move on. Are you guys with me? All right. And it says what? That, that they taught others what, G, what, the, what the angel told them, and people were amazed. Watch this. Watch this. But Mary kept all these things. She did what? She kept suntereo. Suntereo means... She brought it close, the information close to her and put it in a place of such value. So it's not just that she kept the word in the sense of, oh, I, I, I'm going to not forget this. It literally means to bring something that's so precious that now you're guarding, protecting. That's what Mary did. Protect what? What she was seeing happen. The shepherds coming to them, saying, this is what the angel was saying. And then them going out and people hearing about Jesus. And he's just new to this earth. And she did what? She brought this information. Why Mary? Why God choose Mary? Look at her. Even when all this is going on, she's got through delivery. She's, going, she's in a place where she's going, I need to pay attention to this. I need to really hear this stuff. This is precious. This is valuable for me to know. We believe through history that because of her attitude, she was able to share information to those that were writing about Jesus. Isn't that cool? But look at this. Let's move on. It says, and she kept them close and pondered them in her heart. But she what? 
sumbalao. Balo means that she took the information and set it in order. This girl, this young girl, how awesome is Mary? Awesome Mary. Blessed is she among women. No doubt. No doubt. But her attitude is because of what she believed and how she believed. Not because there was some special power of God on her. Because she made a choice that I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe my God. Her, she was raised right in her home. Her, her parents took her to church and made sure this is a priority. And then when she grew up, this is a priority. Listen, I know what I'm talking about because I've gone through this for years. You don't make it a priority. They won't make it a priority. I swear to you, I promise you, you'll see it when they get older. It won't be a priority unless it's a priority in your life. I promise you. Got to become a priority. Number one, when it does, train up a child, they'll make it a priority. It's, it's statistics and it's God's word. Amen. But also make it a God view, not a religious view. Because no one wants to go to religion. So that means Sunday you're going to have to, you know, shake off some nasty and get excited about coming here. Amen. Because you're going to, you do know you're going to come to love life that is filled with unperfect people that we're not going to be perfect all the time. I know some of you are close to it, but some of us are not going to have a good day and we're going to be nasty or whatever. We might get mad or whatever. Just know, hey, it's church, you know, and the Bible says where there's, where there's bulls and cows, there's going to be what? There's going to be poop and a whole lot of it. No matter what, when we gather together, there's poop everywhere. Just watch where you're walking. It's, it's what scripture says. Just, just use wisdom. And this is what happens when, when we're, on, we're doing this walk, we're living this life. We've got to understand and recognize our responsibility to want to learn, want to grow, want to receive, want to allow this word, this word here to not only be something we listen to, but that we take it to heart just like Mary did, just like the shepherds did. And all of a sudden, we're seeing this happen. We're watching it take place. Mary's hearing it, not only hearing it, but now she's treasuring the information, but then she's aligning it. Pondering it, pondering it in her heart is almost like a concept of meditation. She's getting the word, meditating on it, but also in the meditation, she's going, okay, we start here, we do this, we do this, this, this. And when you start doing all these things, what happens is you start realizing there is a way that God works. This isn't chaotic. It's simple. We start getting the ABCs. We can have an awesome life that he planned us for have. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen at, at, as it was told to them. This is about Christmas, but it's about us. It's about us looking at ourselves and thinking, whatever is going on, I'm unworthy. I just want you to know that that's usually when you're going to get a call from God because he confounds the wise. 
confounds the world by using the debase, the, the lowly, the no-gooders. Because he can make nothing into something big. Parents, hear what I'm saying because this needs to be ingrained in your kids. Needs to be ingrained in one another. We need to look at this time a whole different way than ever before. And know that Christmas time is a special time. And everything that took place was a representative of God the Father. Because what was that baby actually? The face of God. Remember what the angel said? The Savior, Christ, the Lord. Savior, Christ, the Lord. The Savior is the, is, is the one that will deliver, heal, set free. It's sozo. It's the same thing as salvation. That's exactly who he is. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. He's a restorer. He's one that makes one whole. That's what he says. That's what he proclaims. That's what the word proclaims, Savior. Then it says Christos, Christ, the anointed one. In that anointing, he fulfilled the three anointing parts of the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And right there, he's fulfilled in that anointing, Christ, Jesus Christ, the prophet, the priest, and the king. And it shows us in scripture, all three fulfilled in his life. Savior. Savior is the highest level of authority. No authority above his authority. This is the baby that's lying in the manger. This is the face of God. Of course, the angels are freaking out. They're looking down going, there's God. That's what he looks like. Is that amazing? We're looking at God and we're like going, no man can see the Father and live. And we lose sight of that message. No one can look at God and hear God is going, I have to make myself available to be looked at. That's why we have Jesus. And I look at God all the time. And I believe so do you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.